Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet your questions and comments at A Measure of Truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and repost us on Facebook and Twitter. Look, we've got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Hailing from Wynn, Arkansas, Cleveland Maven the Fourth is an artist with an extensive professional background in theater, television, film, and recently, radio. After his matriculation through Howard University, majoring in musical theater and economics, the young artist quickly took Atlanta by storm as a producer, writer, and director. He also is an entrepreneur and owns three businesses. Soul Free Enterprises, LLC, is a five-year-old creative resource firm owned by Cleavon and Tyson Evans, co-CEO, executive producer of Breathe, contributor of music and lyrics. Clear Vision is Cleavon's professional photography and artistry platform. Lastly, Cleavon founded Bring It Black, a programming and resource organization for black artists. Once coined as Atlanta's youngest writer and director at 21 years old, Cleavon produced some of the biggest stage productions Atlanta has seen. He has been featured on multiple television outlets, popular radio stations, and notable blogs like Broadway World and Backstage for his projects. Soon after, he delved into film directing and producing independent films, short films, series, PSAs, and local ad campaigns for companies such as McDonald's, the Salvation Army, Geico, and various other businesses. 
As he grew and developed in the film industry, he was given the opportunity to jump into casting and managing. He has worked as an extras casting director and local casting director for Paramount Selma, Barbershop 3, All Eyes on Me, Greenleaf, and Being Mary Jane. Currently at 25, he's returned to Washington, D.C. to continue his pursuits with the theater scene and Urban One. Cleveland Maven the fourth, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Hey, hey, nice to talk to you today. All right, Cleveland, you know, it's exciting to talk to you as well. You know, I've just been doing a little research on you and just looking at everything that um, you've accomplished so far, and I'm sure I haven't covered everything, but let me just start <laughs> off by saying right off the bat, that you are one amazing talent. You know, not many people can do what you do, and there are few that can do them all so well. I mean, you've got your fingers in everything. So I'm really curious to find out just, you know, what type of personality makes all of this happen. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been actually in this industry doing this and how you got your start. I've say been doing this for, like, life. Uh, if I look back to even second grade, I would start little groups on the playground. Like I had my own Destiny's Child. <laughs> um, <laughs> in second grade on the playground, about fourth grade, I had my own little choir. Um, and we used to sing "Go Happy Day" during recess. Um, and, and it's just been a lot of that. So creation has been a part of my being for as long as I can remember. It didn't just start when I started doing it on stage. Now, professionally, my career started at around 19. Uh, mm-hmm. I was privileged to open a my own acting studio when I was 19, when I came back to Douglasville, Georgia. And from there, everything just took off. Uh, I, wow. I no, no, let's go back to that. In some ways. Mm-hmm. How, how were you able to open an acting studio at 19? I'm favored. Um, and I, I can say that because... <laughs> Oftentimes in my life, there are things that I'm like, I don't know how that happened. Oh, uh, I'm just always ready for whatever. Are, are you moving, Cleavon? Because I'm losing your signal right now. So I've been in rehearsals all week. So you guys are oh, probably okay. my voice is all the way shabby. Um, but I want to keep speaking anyway. Okay. So okay. Um, at 19, I opened the acting studio. I had a friend named Chantel Mosby. I used to teach her daughter in my high school gospel choir that I founded. And she remembered me, and I went, once I went off to college and came back, she said, hey, I got a space, and I want you to occupy it. It's yours. And that's how I had my first studio. Wow. So and what did you start off doing with that studio in the very beginning? I was teaching acting to um, three- to five-year-olds and then teenagers. Okay. So where did you learn acting? I went to Howard. And before then, I had Diane Sleek and Larry Boone and Miss Chandler, uh, Miss Sandra Chandler, who was my rock for a long time in chorus back in high school. And even past that, seventh grade, Mr. Scott, Mona Lisa Lanier, I still remember all of their names, but definitely impacts on my life and who I am as a performer as well as a director. So at 19 at Howard, what did you have, like a year of acting before you started teaching? Yeah, that, I hadn't been in the film very long at all. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I'm blown I away because... Well before then, I was the drum major in high school. Um, <laughs> um, I was also the president of the chorus. I was the president of drama. So if you're going to find arts, you're probably going to bump into me. So it's like you really have a talent for leadership, and and that's what I see their primary and first and foremost is giving you all of these other opportunities is that leadership piece. But um, you're an amazing photographer. Um, Thank you. I I hear that you've you've done, you know, you do the producing, the um, directing. um, You you pretty much do everything. Um, Tell me a little bit about when you really – understood and recognized your passion and started utilizing it the way you have a professional career? Life happened, and I had to decide that all these things that I had in me were already there. No one gave them to me. There was no school or institution that could teach me what I already had, uh, and that has caused me some pain in some places, but 
it's always sustained me and it has always kept me in the forefront of anything that I put my hands on. And I believe that that's what that pushed that pushed me there. Uh, I I didn't allow myself to wait for those opportunities. I never believed mm-hmm. in them. Right. And um, it sounds to me like you've never had any issues, too, with waiting for someone else to recognize your talents. You, oh, you yes, just I do pretty all much the time. knew what you can do. <laughs> you, you do wait for people? All the time. In what way? I am. Uh, I can be underestimated a bit when people see everything that I do, and they're like, oh, okay, he's doing this and doing that, but they don't know how many no's it took before I got there, or how many letdowns, or how many rejections. Like, it is, it's not I walk in the door and, well, it is I walk in the door and things get done, but the path to get to that door often is very dark. Oh, really? Okay. So, when, when you produce these productions, right, you've had an opportunity to do a number of different projects. Some of these things, I'm sure you did not understand or know whether or not you could do them. So what gave you that confidence to go ahead and push ahead and know that you'd be able to produce a work at the level that you've had? I believe in myself more than anything. I can always count on me, Uh, and and that's why I have acquired so many different talents and gifts uh, because I know I can count on me if I know when – I've decided to learn something or I've decided to do anything that is going to happen. It's going to happen in the biggest way, whatever mm. the hardship is, because those things have been promised to me already. Um, there, there, there is no failure. It doesn't exist. And that's how I approach everything. That's my confidence. I take the risk. I watch everybody else wait for it, but I just take it. And so far, taking it has taken me here. Yeah, but the the things that you do, and and they do, they're on a grand scale, and they involve a lot more people than just you. And I can understand you oh, having yeah. confidence in yourself, but you you've had some amazing success. How is it that you instill that confidence in others as well to bring them up to that level to produce the product that you guys have produced? I said this on Facebook a few days ago. I said, if you meet me, I'm going to make you believe in yourself more. That's just mm. what comes around being around me, and that's not an arrogance or anything like that. That's me taking ownership of that gift. Uh, inspiring people and showing people how, the, how beautiful they really are is my thing. It's how I approach everything. It's, it's what is required in leadership. Mm-hmm. Anyone that doesn't believe in themselves, they'll never do it. Mm-hmm. So when I meet people, I am very personable. I am very invested, and my confidence feeds off into theirs. And another leadership thing is, people aren't going to follow you if they don't, they don't think you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. So you have to be sure, and once you are sure, it rubs off. I can always tell when. I've been unsure because it reflects in my cast, or I can always tell when I'm certain because it still reflects in my cast. So talking about your cast now, um, let's first give people um, an overview of Breathe the Musical and and what it's all about. And then I want to talk a little bit afterwards how you actually developed this concept and and where you got these ideas from. So let's just give them a a taste, first of all, of what the musical is about. So Breathe is, I tell people all the time, a lot of people look for a story and they want a story to follow. They're, They're... we're American, so we look for that thing. Breathe is a concept. Though it has a story weaved in it, it is a composition of all of our stories. There are so many stories in Breathe that you could watch a different person each time you saw it and get something totally different. Mm. Um, and it's, it's just been written that way. I conceived it when I was in 12th grade. If you guys hear the background, I'm headed to rehearsal. So just because okay. we have an interview doesn't mean rehearsal stop. <laughs> <laughs> So, kind of get a little bit of behind the scenes now. So, 
I, I wrote Breathe in high school, and I wrote it because there was nothing that represented us as black people at my school for Black History Month, and I wanted to change that. I had already started the Gospel Choir, and I had already been performing since ninth grade, well, seventh grade, and I decided I was going to write a show, and we were going to do it. And I got a lot of backlash from my principals and things like that at first, but it happened. And we sold out the high school auditorium back then, and I was just 17, 18 years old. And from there, it just blossomed. I didn't touch Breeze again for about two or three years. I met Tyson Evans, and he encouraged me to pick it back up, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so bad. I was like, oh, this is a little high school thing I did. It had no mm. original music. It had no original script. It mm. was just... It was just just. Uh, it was a review. I grew up listening to a lot of sounds of blackness and take six and a lot of groups like that that are harmonically challenging. And I fell in love with those sounds and I wanted to present them to people. And I've always <clears throat> I've always loved dance. So I want to present that to people as well. And then singing comes natural to me natural to me. It's always funny that when people call me a writer and director, I was a singer first. That's all I was known for. Wow. And, and also a choreographer. A, a choreographer as well, right? Oh, I'm not a choreographer. <laughs> oh, okay. <All laughs> now, right. I can dance, but I am not a choreographer. Uh-huh. And I, I've I done see. some choreography in the show, but I would never mm-hmm. tell anybody to hire me as their choreographer. <laughs> <laughs> the whole funny thing about that is I just got to be the choreographer for Kathy Hughes two weeks ago for her big reveal. Uh, you just told me you weren't a choreographer, though. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, you know, I'm not a choreographer, but I'm going to do it. Okay. <laughs> and they gave me wow. 10 people that couldn't dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they may be listening, so don't say any names. Yeah. But <laughs> Hey, I want to say names. I love those people. They know I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, So you said that this this um, concept and this treatment came from something you did, you know, when you were in 12th grade. And, and so how did you develop the story? Um, wh- where did you get some of this information from that you used to develop? I um, started to develop once I really sat with what I wanted to say. Before I knew I just wanted to give a nice show. And then I really started to recognize my voice. I'm moved by a lot of things. Give me just a moment. Okay. I'm going to go Sorry ahead and... Um, okay, go right okay, ahead. Okay. So, I started to flesh out the story more and more and more and more. And it, it started to gain characters. It started to gain new songs. I started to develop a writing style of my own. And it was based around the fact that no matter what you do at black people, we are always able to create something beautiful from it. So it used to be breathe from suff- from suffocation to secession, and then there was breathe in second nature, and now it's just breathe the musical. And I did that that way because I wanted to show people how resilient we were and not necessarily our struggle. We already know about the struggle, but we never get to see the, res- the resilience so Breathe is all about the resilience of black people and how we've been able to take tragedy and create whole movements. And right mm. after Breathe, the police killing started happening heavy. And I made the correlation that, you know, it's still happening in the same way. And we look at the pictures of people hanging, and we don't know their names. Mm-hmm. And that hurt me. So mm-hmm. I started to research those names, and I learned so much about those people on those trees. So it was it was a big thing for me, and I was able to put it on stage. And it it, it took a minute. I've been writing brief for five years, and I'd be very excited to present it now that I've matured, that my writing is solid. I'm I'm extremely excited because Breathe hasn't been seen since 2015. Hmm. Oh, that's awesome. And um, so you have been working in Atlanta, and what brought mm-hmm. you back to Washington D.C. Washington, D.C. was a place that defeated me. I didn't finish oh. college, mm-hmm. um, and it was unfortunate. Howard screwed me over as far as 
financial aid and administration, but that's a whole other story that I'll tell one day when I'm ready. And my dreams were shattered. And I was still 19, you know, back in Atlanta, and life took off. And I'm grateful that that happened now, but then it didn't make sense. And once I turned 25, I told myself, you are not going to be completely happy until you go back to that place and show them who you are. Wow. And that's what I did. I came here year before last, 2016 in August. I worked for about a year. I had people that were asking me, like, hey, you back here now. We saw what you were doing in Atlanta. Like, what are you doing here? Like, what are you going to do? And I was so intimidated, but that's what brought me back to D.C. I had to conquer this place. I had to get here and and be okay and show myself that, no, Atlanta was not just luck or a bunch of, you know, happenstance. I worked for it. And when I got back to D.C., I worked for it again, and it and we're seeing success all over again. Wow. So how did you establish yourself here and find your cast and, and find the theater where you're actually doing this performance? Uh, I think you don't have to find anyone. A lot of people are struggling because they're looking for people to aid them in, in what they already have. I didn't have to find anyone. They found me. Mm. It was in, it is, I know that might sound weird, but I, I didn't find anyone. <laughs> I sure, got sure, here I understand everything that. I tried, everything I tried just didn't happen. I kept postponing things, and I was confused. And then I took a seat back, and I just started doing what I could do. I, okay, mm-hmm. I know I can write. I know I'm a photographer. I know this. I know that. And I started to use my connections and work across the board. Stop trying to ask for mentorship or people above me or below me. And I just started to be firm in what I came here for. And the people flocked. So my first audition for Breeze actually only had five people in it. So I was like, dang, I'm going to have to cancel this again. Mm. <laughs> but I was determined to make it happen this time. And anytime I'm determined, it's going to happen. So... They found me. Like I put out on Facebook a few times, hey, I'm looking for singers, I'm looking for this, and people were tagged. I didn't know them, and now we're all one big happy family. I couldn't, I couldn't live life here without these people. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Because um, I, I think you, you are about to make a, a career for a lot of um, fledgling actors and actresses. Um, and you know, and that's the goal. The, that's the goal. Yeah, I can see that. Yes, you know, I, I got to say something um, about your story, because this is one of the things that really sort of made me hone in on this. And, you know, I, I looked at all the things that were going on with you. Right. And mm-hmm. it has all the hallmarks and earmarks of something that you would hear from someone who is very successful. And then they talk about way back when. But this is. The, the platform that you have in front of you now, you have all of these things that look like a roadmap to success. And I think I've gotten there somewhere in the middle, right before you, you, the biggest thing that's going to happen for you. And, um, and that's why I'm so excited to speak with you now and to talk about some of these things and ask you these, you know, very um, probing questions about, you know, how it was that you were able to put all this together. And I, I already understood that you were you had to be a, a great leader also and a people person. But your talent is still for me off the chain because of all the things <laughs> that you can do well. Which is very exciting. It really is. Because all you have to do is be good at any one of those things and be successful. But you're good at so many of them. And I'm really, really excited that. about that. Yeah. I'm really excited about I that. I really, and, and really what, appreciate that. I owe that to my what? parents. Yeah, and my tell us parents, a little bit about your upbringing. Cleveland um, and Shalanda Maven III, the most awesome people you can run into. Mm. I, growing up, my parents saw my talent first, and I would, okay, I would consider myself a prodigy in some ways. There are a lot of things that other people work very hard for that come easily to me, and I thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always thanked God for that, and I'm, I don't take it lightly that I'm able to just pick up 
skills. But what my mm. parents did is anything that I was in or involved in, I had to do the best. So when I joined the band, they said, you better be a drum major. Now, mm. then I thought it was way mm-hmm. too much pressure, too much stress, and it was irritating, and it was hard to, you know, really stay ahead of that expectation. But now I appreciate it so much because I'm not able to go anywhere and be satisfied with wherever anyone places me. Like when I got my job at Urban One, I started at the bottom. And within mm-hmm. four months, I got a significant raise in the promotion. But that's what my parents put in me. I can't be anywhere and, and sit at the bottom. Right. It, it, it was never allowed of me. And I kept that same standard in my adulthood that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the best. Yes. And I'm going to help other people along the way. And you hear people say, I want to do it the best all the time, but a lot of leaders lack humanity. And they just think about how they want to lead and what it's going to look like for them. But I'm all about enhancing people. And I used to say all the time, I specialize mm-hmm. in experience. I want you to experience mm. that impact you past, okay, I'm talented and I got to be in the show. I want you to leave my show and say, I'm talented. Now I know how to manage myself and I can do this. And I'm also good at that. And that's what I that's what I bring for people. I don't just direct. I like I was taught I push them. Yeah, and and you know we we all need to stretch. We all need to be pushed to really really reach our full potential. Um <laughs> Let me know if we ever need to take a break because I've got some pre-recorded content and we can just, you know, play something and come back if you need to. But, um, yeah. Okay. Managing well, I'm people getting ready to cast for a second. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So you, you've got something that um, you need a couple minutes? Oh, no, no, you're fine. I'll, oh, I'll okay. see you in a moment. So keep going ahead with your question. Oh, okay. Very good. And, and I've got you for up until 8 o'clock, right? No. I mean, at least until 4.45. Oh, okay. Oh, see, I, I did not know that. Um, yeah, it's okay. I thought I'm I had you for the whole hour. But that's okay, because I've got some pre-recorded stuff I'll just have to break out. But, um, and, you know, I, I hate to put this on you right now, but that means we're going to have to interview you again at some point. Okay. <laughs> okay, very good. I just wanted to hear <laughs> that commitment me. on air. Yeah, yeah. And um, to tell you the truth, I want to make it out to the show as well. We'll, we'll figure all that out. And uh, I hopefully we'll be able to meet the cast and, and really be able to get some excerpts from you guys after one of your performances as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's like, oh, well, I can't even say there's plenty of good room right now. <laughs> We're filling up fast. So if anyone's listening or even are considering coming to the show, don't think too hard. Just do it. <laughs> I, I promise you that we are not going to let you down. Uh, right, and, right. and it's my goal to give people such a different experience that, that we set a new standard for theater. Mm. Black theater, awesome. that is. Right, Black Broadway right. started here in D.C. And tell us a little bit about the... Um the theater, the location, and everything as well, and give people your website and all your promotion information, just so I don't lose you without, you know, you having an opportunity to do that. Uh, okay, so we are at the Arc West Black Box. We're at the Arc West Black Box. I'm sorry, I'm walking through the building. Right, Thank you, guys. Have a nice rehearsal. So we're at the, I'm sorry about that. We're at the Arch West Black Box in Southeast D.C. We're the first show to be performed in the Black Box. And we are going to March 9th, March 11th, my apologies, to the 24th. And, and give, you had the um, address as well? Yes. The address is 1909 Mississippi Avenue, Southeast Washington, D.C. Hmm. Okay, so and you said as this far is a as new our venue. website, you can find us. Go ahead. Oh, you said this is a new venue then? Yes, it's brand new. No one has performed Oh, yet. wow. Okay. 
So, and, and if you go and to you were giving the um, okay, you can purchase tickets. So it's breathemusical.eventbrite.com. Okay, and um, give them your website as well and um, your Facebook information, all your social media. Okay, so you can find me everywhere on at Clevision. So that's C L E A V I S I O N S. So it's Clevisions.com. Okay. I'm Clevisions on Instagram and I'm Clevisions on Facebook. Okay. So opening night is March 11th. The 11th. Mm-hmm. We have two shows on the 11th one at 3 and one at 8. One at 3 and one at 8. And how long are the shows? Shows run about 40, an hour and 45 minutes. There's an inter- a 15 minute intermission in each one. Okay, and how long was that again? You sort of broke up there. Oh, what was your question? Uh, how long is the show again? We just got some distortion an hour and from your end. Oh, okay. Wow. For some reason, I thought it would be a lot longer than that, considering oh, no. um, <laughs> what you guys are covering. But it's a musical, so there's going to be music, song, and dance, and um, amazing. And um, did you write the music as well? Yes, I wrote and composed all the music. Um, there See, are it's crazy songs there. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few songs there that were written by Tyson. Oh, okay. And then the spirituals Great. are all arranged by me. Uh-huh. Wow, wow. Oh man. So, um, and, and by the way, since you mentioned it, you're a drum major. I was a marching band as well. Wonderful. And, How long uh, did you do that? Yeah. I, I did it for um, two years. I was, I was in, you know, okay. symphonic band for five years. But, um, you know, it was one of the hardest things I'd ever done because it's like, you know, being in drill team with a musical instrument and having to carry something heavy at the same time. You know, <laughs> so right. there was a lot going on. And um, I think that that really helped me a lot with multitasking because, it actually allowed me to really put everything in order and uh, music in itself is mathematics. And then you had to count out, you know, it, it's yeah, just it definitely is. pretty, pretty amazing. Um, so um, we have that in common. I'm a photographer as well and videographer. So wow. I was just looking at all the things that you do and that I do <laughs> and you know, how long it took before I had picked up all these things. And at 25, I, I don't know what, you're going to be doing by the time you, you, you're you in your 30s. I mean, I can hardly imagine. Okay, I'm but, retired. Uh, it's in down somewhere. What was that? <laughs> I said, hopefully I'm retired and sitting down somewhere. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. If you say that too many times, it's going to happen. So um, you never know. But um, hopefully you will have created something so grand and magnificent that you can just sit back and do that. And I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Now I, well, I, um, I, Oh, I don't want to hold you up too much. So if you, whenever you really have to go, just let me know and um, we'll go ahead and push forward. Okay. So let's go ahead and push forward so I can get back to the beautiful people here and breathe the musical. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Thanks a lot. And just remember that you promised to come back and talk to us again. And we look forward to that as well. And, um, you know, I'm just wishing you the best. I already see great things coming from you. And um, we just look forward to having you back the next time around. All right. I appreciate it. All right, then. Have a good one. Tell everyone I said hello. (laughs) Okay. I definitely will. Bye-bye.
If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to no more than just living size when brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? Is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, if you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception, but I've also come to realize that in most cases, you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm here. And I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of truth. Failure is not an option. It's an opportunity. Look, I'm not perfect. And though I've made many mistakes, I'm not a failure. Why may you ask? Because I rarely give up on anything. I'm not afraid to take a chance and be wrong. Why? For in every mistake hides a lesson called wisdom. And guess what? I'm not concerned with what others may think about my failed attempts. That's just me. It has become a part of who I am and I'm cool with that. The truth is, when others would watch me and criticize my actions and assume that they were watching me do it all wrong, in actuality, they were watching me learn, grow, become wiser, and eventually an expert in the very thing that I would later accomplish and then master. This has been the way I've learned since I was a child, and it's a process that I've embraced to this very day because it is the most effective way of learning that I know. A very wise man once said, there is a positive side to everything that we survive in our lives. Every defeat, hurt, humiliation, or sickness will either lead us to a better place or change the way we live our lives. Even the man who attempts the thing that was once thought impossible, very often, has little competition. What I'm saying is, don't be afraid to fail. Look, don't plan to fail, but be not afraid. We don't always get to choose how we will be taught life's lessons. Our only choice is how we choose to respond. We cannot simply say that maybe things will go my way next time, or blow off our mistakes and then try again. We must resolve to learn the lesson hidden in our errors, stay true to ourselves, 
and the goal of the better person that we know that we're going to be through our trials and resist our negative responses, attitudes, and placing blame on others. If we don't, truth be told, you have less time than you think to get it right. I guess what I'm really trying to say is that it's okay to fail as long as your failure is driven by a quest for knowledge, wisdom, and a measure of truth. Mercy, mercy me Things ain't what they used to be, no Things ain't what they used to be We, we, us, that's you and me We have got to be different We can't stay the same We have got to enlighten Every member of the game In this game of life There's too much strife There's too much hurt There's too much hate Everyone's perceptions cloud the debate Right and wrong, wrong and right Where is our fight? I say, let there be light Truth first starts the healing of our pain For us he was slain, ain't no time to be lame It's time to reclaim, rebirth and rename the game I came to proclaim through enlightenment And that's the only reason why I was sent and rest no more No lies to adorn we have to teach the kids all the reasons why We have to teach the kids not to fall but to fly there Killing each other, incarcerated, following the lie Mindlessly indoctrinated, why oh why could Will it be the reason his ways still pleasing his grave His legacy still breathing our minds Think about it, if you will, the process of thinking he did kill as he set up for generation after generation. It's still clear that we haven't recovered. Shackle in the mind, my people, shackle in the mind, it's time for a revolution. You see, I think that a revolution is the only solution to this here pollution of the mind. A revolutionary method to unwash the brain, to cleanse the stain. The revolution to truth, we must speak the truth and live the truth. A revolutionary method to rid us of corruption, destruction. We can't stop talking about it until our people, our children are thinking about it, thinking Thinking, thinking it all, thinking it all. Up, up against the wall, our arms and legs spread tall. Y'all, can't you see the state of mind of the majority? Are the educated in the African American community? The majority are the enlightened in the African American community. The majority are the responsible men in the African American community. The majority is spirituality. The majority of our youth. If you can't say yes, then it's time to be set free. Mercy, mercy me. Things ain't what they used to be Now the radio sings the sound of fornication bound The sound of Sodom and Gomorrah bound Explicit lyrics of lust, lust, lust It's okay to sing about where to lick me, where to stick me In our society, the adults, they let it be Mercy, mercy me for the children to see In our society, right is wrong and wrong is right That's the song they sing with all their might Sober is wrong and DUI is right That's the tune they chant with all their might Crystal to dream that's all they think, and that dances their minds think Are doing nothing but a mink Drink, 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 whore Babylon does wink, our society does sink Into a pit of death, it stinks When will we stop to think, think, think But that's what they said about rock and roll 103.9, this Jackie told That's what replied, half past nine To the sound of my words Freedom of speech is what they say Freedom to destroy the morals of yesterday Well, this is what I have to say This is what I have to say, y'all. How far are we? How far are we willing to go? How much are we willing to show? Slippery slope, this is slippery slope. Act like we know, no righteousness we glow. I ain't willing to go on the Sodom and Gomorrah show. Does anything go? Does anything go? Does anything go? Don't say no till you open your eyes. Take a look at your world. 
anything goes on the radio, practically anything goes on that videos, anything goes on those reality shows, violence, cries, the video game woes, and that's why our children don't grow, anything goes in a political game show, still the presidency is just what we know, contradictions, true derelictions, responsibility and remission, it's all fiction, it's a lie, mercy, mercy me, things ain't what they seem to be, no, if we don't grab the mic, make a plan, take a stand, this land will stand in the shoes of S and G, can't you see that's the prophecy, giving ourselves right with God, it's the only possibility of being free for eternity, if things ain't what they used to be then, when Marvin Gaye sang it, and things ain't what they used to be now, then we need to be on the ground, prostrate, let's debate what we create, what we delegate to our youth, how we relate to the truth, our walk, and our gate. Let's get it straight before it's too late. Mercy, mercy,
Well, we've just come to the end of another great show. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and associate producer, Belinda Thomas-Ligon. Well, before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.